Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Well, 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 here we are. Another Wednesday. Kyle, your voice got deeper. Kyle, you got better looking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, continue. Better last name, too. That's true. Welcome in. This is Andy Holloway. So much easier to say that. Yeah, I, then Kyle. Get a better name, Kyle. That's step one of today's show is just insult the dedicated leader of this uh, podcast. That is correct. Acceptable to me. Uh, Mike Wright is here. Matthew Betts. Uh, this trifecta has has never. Have we ever done the three of us? A pod? A pod? No. So this is uh, first time. Breaking ground. Yeah, fresh water. Let's uh, see if we can swim. But uh, big show today. Trade targets. Dynasty trade targets. I, I love a good trade. I can't convince any, anybody to trade with me anymore. But I like trading. I feel like some people in our leagues, Mike, have become uh, uninspiring. Like they, they, they're not hitting the trade market the way they should. I don't get the incoming deals. Interesting. Don't you feel like that every league's got a few people that just aren't aren't moving and shaking? Are you talking in our dino? Sure. Uh I there are a lot of people that will go out there in a dynasty league, Betsy, and they'll pronounce I'm ready for a rebuild. But then they wait. They wait for something to happen and yeah. they don't go out and they don't pursue the trade. Because it's the weird strategy of they feel like if they're starting the talk, they're at a Coming at it from a uh, position of weakness. Yeah, but no, t- no talk no, I, at it's all. It's wrong. Oh, okay, I'm just saying like that's a lot of people feel like that. What do you think, Betsy? Yeah, I mean specifically on the rebuild thing. Uh, if you're the one initiating the rebuild, like I'm not going to you for the offers. Like you come to me, okay? Um, <laughs> I I do think that's the way that it should be done. Um, now I play most of the dynasty leagues I play in are just true sickos that just love dynasty more than anything so my leagues are fun because there's just so many trades going on that sometimes it's actually overwhelming how many trades are going on in my leagues but 
it seems like every morning I wake up, there's an offer in my inbox, which I, I love. And that's what makes Dynasty so fun. Well, that's sounds yeah, great. That's that sounds we're also, really good. We're, into the, we're in that weird part of the season, though, at least for Dynasty, where it's like, okay, you're four weeks in. Even if you're one and three and you're looking, oh, I have a great roster. I mean, you maybe you want to shake some things up, but you're kind of in that zone of you're not you don't know 100% if you're in or if you're out. So it feels like, well, I don't want to make a trade right now just in case I'm out later. And then I've sold some future assets and I made a mistake doing that because, no, I'm actually, now I'm playing for next year because we get three weeks later, I get three more losses. So it, I think it's it's just a tricky time of year. But we want to get people's brains thinking about different ways of trading. We're each bringing forth two potential trade candidates uh, or target potential targets one and it's from a a perspective of being a contender or someone who's looking at the future and also as with all trades finding your the target of of a player is not always the the first way to go about it you want to find a team that you're you're uh you can compatible yeah you're compatible with and help make each other better, or sometimes you just go with you just go flex that credit card and you buy a player with with a bunch of future assets. But these are just these are some guys that we think could uh, help your team right now, or maybe in the future. Well, I like the fact that we're breaking it up into the categories of of the rebuild focus, the future focus team, and the contender team because strategies are obviously tremendously different. Um, I, I, in our main dynasty league, I am in the contender category. And so the way that I've approached trades and I've, I've just set ablaze all of my future assets. I mean, this team, how, what year are we in, in our dynasty? Uh, eight or nine around there. Yeah. I've been a buyer Yeah, for nine years. Yeah. Because you keep finding dynasty players in, in like in your cushions, like, you're to, like these are guys. Poor Daryl Patterson th- these, a couple years ago. These guys are their dynasty value is dead over Adam the offseason. Thielen, Raheem Mostert, and then oh baby, and then you just you reach down in the cushion like oh a quarter, <laughs> and then it's like oh, <laughs> oh I have a guy I can play this week. So it he, definitely feels he, like that you've gotten pretty uh, fortunate with with a few of those players who have been able to sustain your run without it because. When you take everything out on credit, eventually the collector comes. That's what they tell me. Yeah. That's what they tell they me. But will, they will. I'm still on that 0% interest portion of the credit card. <laughs> I mean- three, uh, three years from now, uh, oh, we'll see. No. Oh, no. The minimum, the minimum payments yeah. are, are going to be a lot of draft picks. But um, no, dynasties, trades in Dynasty are so fun because uh, there, there are no bigger bets to be made, right? Like the permanence of those trades- um, you know, we've had now so many big deals in our main dynasty league that, you know, when they went through, you know, you have that perception that somebody blew the other person out of the water and it's been completely proven the opposite over time. And so you're making big bets that you don't get to undo. And, um, I think it's a tremendous amount of fun. And it, you know, I think fantasy football in some ways exists as this, uh, tool to allow people to brag about things that they really shouldn't be able to brag about yeah that's fair uh to be super proud of 
the maneuvers. And Dynasty affords you that more than anything. Because if you believe in a player and you make the bet and you go pursue them and then you pick them up, Betsy, you can brag for the rest of your life. And I plan to do that with all my league mates. Uh, it's funny. We all kind of all have, you know, in, in my leagues, you all have that one guy that you're like, man, you got him in the third round of a rookie draft or or a second round of a rookie draft. For me, that guy is on Monroe St. Brown. So I'm going to yeah. keep letting my league mates know about that one for a while. But yeah, I, I love it. You call your shot. Um, and what's funny is like, you know, we've talked on the show about dynasty trade calculators and how they're maybe a good like starting point, but I mean, in a year, everything looks different, right? You, you don't really know who won or lost the deal. So the most important thing, I think, when you're talking trades, does it help your team? Does it help the person you're trading with or not? And if it does, it's a good trade. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. And um, it's funny you say, like, you found the diamond in the rough with Amon Ra in a later round. I wonder how hard it would be to pry him from your hands in a dynasty oh, league. over my dead body. See, because you have the yeah. investment. So it's like it's like they came up in your farm system. Yes, and they're homegrown, right. and they're yours. And it's like if someone comes after that player, fat chance, man. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> um, all right, quick question of the day as we get started. Uh, this one, this one is uh, worth some good discussion here. What NFL offense has surprised you the most through the first month of the fantasy season? Betsy, why don't I let you go first? Yeah, man. Entering you know the year, I think a lot of people were pretty excited about what Damian Pierce could be and everyone just kind of threw the passing game from Houston to the side and said well we liked you know CJ Stroud for Dynasty let's just see what he can be but man Damian Pierce's value has sunk like a ship and the passing game is awesome so this Texans offense specifically the passing attack I think really is a nice surprise I mean offensively they're 13th in yards per play Stroud is 13th in the NFL among all quarterbacks in EPA per play Dude is on pace for over 5,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. Currently the second most passing yards by a rookie in their first four NFL games behind only Andrew Luck. So the dude's balling. I know Mike and uh, Kyle were big on C.J. Stroud in the pre-draft yes, process. Sir. He looks awesome. And it's crazy that they are just showing so much confidence in their rookie that they're choosing to pass even behind an offensive line that has been for most of the season thus far trotting out four out of five backups. So I think CJ Stroud is legit. Uh, I like Tank Dell. Uh, he's flashed a bunch. Nico Collins has been a fun breakout as well. So, man, it's it's crazy. Like, you know, we thought Damian Pierce was the guy. And I still think he's talented. But these wide receivers, this passing game is so fun. Yeah, it was wild to see. I think, the, the what was it, like 30-3 to three or something like that. It was an absolute blowout. And Stroud was, I mean, look, Pierce had a better game than he's had given the format. But... It was still Stroud. Like the offense was still running through CJ Stroud. And as much as I loved Stroud, like as he was, I'm like, this is my number one quarterback this year. My uh, historic, going off of, you know, just what rookies have done, my under on his season long passing yardage is uh, not looking good. It's not looking great. We're going to lose that one, the, Mike. <laughs> yeah. But the Bryce Young one is, is on track to hit, but CJ Stroud. Just coming in here like Superman. Well, it, it, it's just, you know, a testament to his capab his ability, his leadership, the trust he's established with the coaching staff that lets him throw the ball like this. I mean, you could insulate a player with no offensive line and give them no opportunities. We're, we're sitting here coming fresh off of a Daniel Jones performance where he was sacked 10 times 
uh, yeah. where the team was sacked 11 times. And it's like, you're going to make every excuse in the book for Daniel Jones because the offensive line wasn't performing. And yet Stroud is not forcing us to make those excuses for him. The same ones we're making for Damian Pierce. The same ones. And, and I think it's going to prove to the benefit of Damian Pierce in the long run the more that he shows that, you know, I'm sure that the strategy of opposing defense is coming into this season was to force C.J. Stroud to beat you. Don't let Damian Pierce and the way that they were going to play this offense be the, the catalyst for a victory for Houston. Let the rookie beat you. And now it's whoops. Like now <laughs> he can. Change plans. He can. So you saw you saw more effectiveness from from Damian Pierce last week. And um, I'm with you. When we were opening the show, Doc Betsy, it was like. I went to type Houston in. It was like the first team that came to mind. Um, I got. I'll, I'll go ahead and go right into the Daniel Jones side. I mean, the yes, you know, it says which offense surprised you the most. This is to the bad side, but the Giants are a train wreck. Thirty-first uh, in yards per play, twenty-eighth in success rate, thirty-second in EPA per play, thirty-second in points per game. You got running backs leading the team in receiving. You got quarterbacks leading the team in rushing. Uh, and it's hard to watch. And say I know Saquon's not there, but you kind of have a plethora of BC level receivers that you can't get the ball to down the field. Uh, your offense has not utilized Darren Waller in any coherent way. Just the like, is this an indictment so on Brian Dable and what he's put together for this roster? Or is this injuries, or, or what are you attributing this to? I, I'll I jump mean, in. I think yeah, it, go. It's. It's a combination of factors, I think. I mean, they dropped the stat on the on the broadcast last on a, on Monday night. I can't remember what they said, but they used so many picks on offensive linemen over the last few years, and they just haven't hit. Now I know left tackle Andrew Thomas was out this past week; he's been dealing with injury, but um, still, they haven't been able to solidify the offensive line. And I mean, that just matters so much in the NFL, especially when you have a guy like Daniel Jones who can't overcome you know, a bad situation by himself the way Mahomes can, obviously. So yeah, it's that. And then like they kind of just, you know, at wide receiver this this offseason, they signed a lot of dudes, but they didn't sign like any actual dudes. You know what I mean? Like they kind of just pieced it together with like Paris Campbell and Isaiah Hodgins and, and those guys are, you know, fine wide receiver three fours on NFL teams, but they don't have a guy in the receiver room. Now Darren Waller was supposed to be the guy. That has not gone well. I don't know why they're not using him. Um, I, I, it's just, it's baffling. Uh, there's no end in sight and you know, they, they made the playoffs last year, which was a fun story, but they definitely overperformed and now they're kind of paying the price with their schedule. You know, they were rewarded with more difficult schedule moving forward here because you make the playoffs. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, their games are borderline unwatchable. They feel like the Broncos of last year where the NFL is just force feeding us giants games in prime time. We only have this week off, but next Sunday night we hit the Bills oh and the, oh, come and the on. Giants uh, in primetime. So what? One and ten, one and eleven on primetime games. Something ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's been rough. And they pay they paid him big money. And when you look at it from the perspective of uh, long term, he's the guy right now in New York. And so I don't know when we're going to be talking about dynasty value at the wide receiver position in New York. Seems like it might be years away. The last time they spent on a guy, they got Kenny Galladay. Woof. <laughs> so maybe they thought they could, you know, sure. and now it feels like you wish you could melt about three of them together into one alpha and you can't do it. So uh, definitely surprising. What do you what do you think about the Waller 
I was just trying to look it up here. Situation in a dynasty format. Oh, the I think part of the problem here for Waller is like if I'm looking at it right, we have 31% of his targets from the slot. And it's like Daniel Jones only throws to his slot wide receivers. I mean, the Wandale Roberts in the last two weeks getting targets, Paris Campbell getting targets when he's on the field. Be more creative, you know, like get Waller involved there because he is, I think that he is still good enough to be that type of a target where you just, you force feed him seven plus a game and let let, let the player make it happen. I mean, you traded for him. You traded a third-round pick for him. He's bigger and athletic, more athletic than than linebackers. You there, someone has to figure out a way to get him going, and it's it's looking at the tendencies. I think of your quarterback and moving people around. Well, let, let me ask you this, Betsy, before we move on to Mike's selection. In a dynasty league, we're going to be talking about trade four targets for contenders. Does Darren Waller fit that bill? Are there people? out there that are kind of going to throw the towel in on this season. Uh, maybe maybe the Waller manager is is uh, the Musgrave, Laporta, Ferguson, you know, alternate is starting to get the starting opportunity for those rosters. Do you think that when Saquon comes back and the, the offensive line gets solidified a little bit, there are brighter days for Waller, or are you too scared away by maybe the injury he's dealing with? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's part of it for sure. Uh, You know, with the hamstring issue, that's kind of going to be a season-long thing that he'll continue to play through, but sort of manage in the background. But, you know, the numbers on Waller entering the season kind of warned us maybe that the end is coming sooner than we think. I mean, his yards per out run dropped five years in a row, didn't force a single missed tackle last season, now switching teams with a mobile quarterback. So maybe we got over our skis on like the the camp hype, you know, with the New York Giants. Sure. With Waller. So there was some warning signs. So and then you think about, you know, historical data with like the redraft ADP landscape where these kind of like second tier, third tier tight ends that go in this like fifth to eighth round range. The hit rate on those has been so bad. And that's kind of where he landed, like the tight end dead zone. Right. It's like either Kelsey Andrews when he's healthy or just punt it off. Right. And that kind of feels like where we're at. And now we've got some young, exciting names coming up of, like you said, Musgrave. Uh, Laporta, Kincaid, like all those guys just have so much more obviously youth, but I think upside too compared to Darren Waller moving forward. So even with the performance, I don't think I'm trying to buy low it, it, personally, even if I'm a contender. All right, Mike, uh, what NFL offense has surprised you the most through the first month? Uh, it's the one that I think has surprised the the just the world and NFL watchers as a whole. The Cincinnati Bengals. It was. It is not a regression it is a absolute dumpster fire 31st in scoring ahead of only the Giants and which if we had placed our bets that the Bengals will be ahead of the Giants in scoring I mean we would have all taken that bet so they're still there but if you had bet behind the Jets (laughs) and Zach Wilson but just dead last in yards per play fantasy is demoralizing people and these are all in redraft and I mean, in dynasty, just the way that they're valued, high draft. These are high, high value players. Joe Burrow, Betsy, did you put? Is he really the quarterback? Thirty-one. He is. Yeah, he's had he's had fantasy finishes of like thirty-one, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. 
The quarterback, there's 32. I know. <laughs> there's 32 starters. That's where we're at. <laughs> Good Lord. And then, I mean, Joe Mixon's barely a top 20 running back. Both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are outside of the top 25. It And they they are broken. The This was the this past week was Tennessee. That's the game. That's where you get right. Is like you've you've had some struggle struggles. You need a couple free throws to get your your uh, your mo- get your moxie, layups. your confidence, get everything back. And it was, I mean, when you miss your free throws, like what did you, you could barely look at yourself in the mirror. This wasn't missing the free throw, Mike. This was throwing the ball over the backboard too. It was yes. It was like oh, if I had not taken that free throw, I would think better of myself to begin with. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was an abysmal performance. So and those numbers are terrible. I mean, if you drafted Jamar Chase 101, he's the wide receiver 27. I mean, we all know Chase is going to be fine yes, in the long, long term, run. yes. But in the short term, he's just a pain station. And With, he's mad. Do you see his comments? Oh, yeah. I'm always open. I'm always something open. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's not all – just like for Daniel Jones, it's it's not all Daniel Jones. The the Bengals offensive line like the memes are back. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the, Penny the Sewell the the Sewell drawing of it's like Joe Burrow and Sewell passing to anyone and it works. Joe Burrow with random tackle throwing to Jamar Chase. It's him getting knocked over and that's currently where they are and they are just they are broken man. They Is are it? so broken. Yeah, and it's been it's been awful and uh, it makes you you know do they miss a tight end in this offense right now? They've, That's been know. able to. I mean, it's a small thing, but we saw, um, you know, Hayden Hurst get it done. So, fantasy wise, though, is this just a blip on the long term radar, Betsy? Like, is this is this a shock, but should be mostly ignored for the sake of decision making in Dynasty? Yeah, I think so. For Dynasty, these guys are all. I mean, Joe Burrow's a top ten guy. Jamar Chase, you could argue top two top three whatever order you want to put those guys in and then Higgins is still solid as well and he's got the contract thing coming up that makes the situation a little uncertain but still super talented and has proven that so I think it is a blip on the radar uh the struggles though you know really I think come down a lot and it's not the only thing but Joe Burrow's calf issue like it just reminds you how much that mobility matters to this offense he was actually running quite a bit last year and, and not Lamar Jackson type stuff obviously but you know picking up 25 30 yards a game here and there running some design runs with him stuff like that that is just gone and he's just a sitting duck back there that's probably not going away for another month maybe so you're kind of just stuck and like the tough part is whether it's redraft or dynasty like you drafted these guys to play them and you probably don't have better options so you're kind of just stuck yeah it's um it's been a weird and the schedule's bad the rest of this season like i do think the way the division shakes out with you know, Cleveland and Baltimore, I, I worry this is going to end up a lost season for them. They could turn it around quickly. I mean, it was a tough start to last year, but it's been tough to watch, man. We we want yeah, our old-fashioned yeah. roaring Cincinnati Bengals. I would like some points as one who is, for my dynasty team, is heavily invested in the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's take a quick break and be back with some trade talk. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, we are talking trade targets on today's Dynasty Fantasy Footballers podcast. And um, what are some of the things you look for in terms of a good trade target, somebody that you want to uh, to attach to your roster? Are you talking about the actual target of the player? I, I'm talking about like what are some of the things you're thinking about when you're going out to pursue or going out to target somebody for your roster? I mean, generally speaking, I'm looking if I want a wide receiver, I'm either moving, you know, two lesser players for them or maybe a running back for that, but which is very tough cuz if you play dynasty, running backs are like if you have two starting running backs on your dynasty squad, you're doing pretty well. It's it's difficult to manage to have two, let alone three. Um but what I'm the things that I'm thinking about, like so I'll start with my contender pick here. I'm trying to get with a, a a name that is I think still has some time left. He's still producing at a high level, but because he's 31, he's not looked at the same way as like go get, you know, go get Zay Flowers or or something like that of a new a new hotness player who is young and producing. Even though Zay Flowers versus who I'm going to talk about is Tyler Lockett, because I can't stop talking about Tyler Lockett, like people are going, it's going to be much easier to trade for Lockett right now than it is to trade for Zay Flowers because people are, well, he's 31. Jackson Smith and Jigba is on the team, even though he's not currently being used. That's kind of like this boogeyman in the background of JSN is coming to take Tyler Lockett's job, even though Lockett is technically under contract for three more seasons, but. He leads Seattle in target share, red zone targets, routes run. The guy just he gets it done. He I think he had the most yards this past week. Metcalf had the the really nice touchdown reception. Uh but Lockett, he's we've already had a two touchdown game this year. He's a he's still a really really good player and because he's because he's old it's just so much easier to go and get these players uh to boost your team because they're not thought of as the the regard for them is oh well they're you know the, the, the career's on the downtrend I want guys who are the career they're they're headed up like it, it's okay to have a player who's headed on the downside of their career they're still producing if you believe in two years worth of Tyler Lockett which I like to think of you know when I'm trading for a dynasty contender type of player I like to think of it in that two years of production window it could be a really good time I mean. The peripheral metrics that you're talking about with Lockett, yes, he, you know he's been performing. 
He's been out there uh, a ton, but he's also been single digits three or four games this year. JSN, not heavily involved, but he is the he's the narrative you can lean into when trying to acquire Tyler Lockett, and they're going into the bye week. So, I mean, you, you have an opportunity to take at least a glance in that direction if you believe. I don't, I don't know how to feel about Lockett long-term, but I like me an old guy in, in Dynasty. So, Betts, what do you think about Mr. Lockett? Yeah, I'm biased. I'll be honest. I've loved Lockett for the last couple seasons because he's an auto pick, right? To outperform his ADP, always a value, always undervalued in any form of, of fantasy you play. And it kind of feels like that again this year. Now, like you said, it hasn't been great. And we kind of have that week one just complete dud that happened uh, against the Rams. So sure, that whole week can kind of just throw it to the side. But you know, since then, he's been fine. Uh, hasn't been great. Has Has had that one week that he's been great. But the underlying numbers is really what it's about, as Mike pointed out. Um, the Jackson Smith and Jigba thing is very confusing. Uh, they they took him to just have this little role. Now, historically, after the bye, we see those guys tend to have a better role. So maybe that happens. But Tyler Lockett's not leaving the field, right? He's out there in two wide receiver sets. He obviously is out there in three wide receiver sets. Uh, and they've actually skewed more pass heavy in the last couple seasons with Geno, which is just crazy to even fathom they would let Russ go and let Gino just uh you know take over the offense but that's what they've done so I like it as a contender like especially concerning the price I mean you could probably get him if someone's looking to you know they started one and three and they're trying to move on from him if you're trying to get him a second round rookie pick probably gets it done I bet it does which if you're a contender is is worth it to me I have an even older wide receiver (laughs) you which so, I would not trade a second for. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you whether you would trade a second for him if you were, uh, if you needed him this year. I'm bringing up Adam Thielen because he is, you know, he is a dirty, yes. nasty, I'm so old, I'm so old, highly productive receiver. I mean, we we talked about C.J. Stroud's performance earlier in the show with the Houston offense surprising. Bryce Young looks bad. Like over, like actively, he looks outmatched. He right looks, now. he looks small. He looks like he is, uh, you know, having a hard time going through progressions, and he is leaning on Adam Thielen. And you know, it's likely that he's going to make some adjustments and become a better passer over the course of the year. We saw what Thielen did with Andy Dalton. And Adam Thielen, unless the team you're trying to acquire him from is dependent upon him and a contender, I mean, what? You should be able to trade anything for him, and this should look like an yep. opportunity for somebody else with Adam Thielen to cash in on a player they never thought they'd be able to trade for value ever again. Yeah, I feel like if you have Thielen and you're not a contender, you're just like, yeah, that's that's everyone's going to be tricked because he's putting up value. So the the question then, I guess if if Andy's bringing him up, then saying Adam Thielen, you you believe that he can extend this and continue to have, uh some success which he's been he's been great wide receiver 10 currently uh with a wide receiver four finish in week three looking at but he he's yes he's not a grandfather it's it's a bit he's 33 but that's old for an nfl wide receiver and we have seen these guys slow down as the season goes on the wear and the tear of on your body and then you know after the bye week here because after the bye week houston Still somehow not a great matchup for wide receivers. The Colts, Chicago, that's great, but then Dallas. It's it's kind of a it's a hot and cold situation here. So Andy, you're just you're confident though that Adam Thielen is gonna 
continue what he's doing? They made a, a strangely profound financial commitment to an older that player in Adam Thielen. His skill set and what he's doing for this offense is being a consistently open, underneath, go-to receiver, a la later career Larry Fitzgerald was for the Arizona Cardinals. And look, sometimes you can put these players on your roster, and I mentioned Cordero from a couple of years ago and Raheem Mostert from a couple of years ago, and you you can be surprised at the value they provide your team, the depth they provide your team for multiple years in their Look, you're not going to ever trade him for anything. Once you get him, he's going to expire on your team. He's going to go to the grave. But that's exactly why you can get him for nothing. I mean, I you said you would not trade a second round draft pick for him. Correct. If you now bets are you in that same camp? Um, if you're a contender, with, I feel like you know, if you double if, flex I was going to say full PPR, double flex, you need it. Uh I I guess I would prefer to trade a third. Uh, or two the, most, <laughs> the highest endorsement for Adam Thielen in a dynasty league ever. I guess. I guess yeah. so. But the thing is, though, is is even if you do have some concerns about as the season goes on, you know, Jonathan Mingo is a guy people were kind of excited about. He hasn't done anything. Um, he's kind of a, a, a kind of a you know prospect that some people were in, some people were out. Didn't have the cleanest profile. Whatever he could emerge. Bryce Young could get better. Targets could go different places. Whatever that that can happen. But even if you're trading for Adam Thielen, like if you're a contender, you're probably trading for him as like your wide receiver five, maybe six on a dynasty roster. And if things fall apart, you can plug him in on bye weeks, injuries, stuff like that. So even if you Here, don't think this is the real thing that's going to happen all year, I still think there's some value. Let, let, let me give you a different perspective with trading for Adam Thielen. Have him thrown in the back of a deal. Just oh, a when you add-on? make... Yeah, just have him be the add-on piece that nobody cares to give up. That's all I'm saying. You you underestimate sometimes, or at least players underestimate, the depth necessary to win in Dynasty on a regular basis, to sustain injuries, bye weeks. If you're starting you know, multiple flex positions, you're full PPR, at some point in time, you are grasping for targets. And here's this old man who just has bags of targets he's bringing around with him. So that that's what I would do. I'd have him tossed into a deal, um, and then you might have a little bit of uh, a surprise value there for you. And I, I would give up the second if I was looking for – if I'm a contender, that's a late second. And that's going to be a 50-50 shot on that player you're picking up. So I'd, I'd be willing to do it. Now, Betsy, give me your contender target. Yeah, the running back landscape is horrible. <laughs> if you have <laughs> – CMC, you feel great. It's hard to find my other running backs that you feel great about starting on a weekly basis, especially in Dynasty. So one of those guys that I, I love for his role is David Montgomery, who you know is 26 years old. Uh, he signed that three-year contract, $18 million in the offseason. We think, okay, he he's going to be the guy. And then they draft Jameer Gibbs 12th overall, and we're like, oh, no. Uh, is, what is Montgomery's role? Is he actually there, Jamal Williams? What is he going to be? And through three games that he's been active out of the four, they've kind of told us, you know, he has his role and Jameer Gibbs has his role, which I think there's a chance as the year goes on that Gibbs could continue to, you know, slowly see more work. But we did that all last year, right, with DeAndre Swift, and it just never happened. Now, I'm not making the comparison between those two guys, but this coaching staff has shown us they kind of prefer to have guys have their own roles and, and they just kind of work that way. 
Dave Montgomery has seen 21, 17, and 34 total opportunities in his three games. He started in the NFL and carries inside the 10-yard line Mike, and 5-yard line. Because despite just... missing a game. This is the Jamal Williams role last year, but he's better than Jamal Williams. And so if someone is looking to get out from David Montgomery, you know, because the running back landscape is so tough, you know, we lost Dobbins, we lost Chubb, uh, there's timeshares everywhere. David Montgomery's role is safe. And, you know, you guys may have heard of this website. It's called the fantasyfootballers.com. Nice. Uh, in our in our tools that we have on there, looked up the remaining strength of schedule, uh, you know, for running backs using our schedule adjusted metrics. And Look, we're only four weeks in, so this can be a little bit tricky to read into for the rest of the season, but Detroit is number one on the list. They've got matchups against Carolina this week, uh, Las Vegas, Chicago twice, Denver, Green Bay, who Dave Montgomery just destroyed. These guys are going to be favored in a ton of games, and that means it's Dave Montgomery time. Let me let me put it to the test, then. You're a contender. You're getting underwhelming results from Ramondre Stevenson. You're going for a title. I see your face, um, Betsy. That face was a grimace. And that's the face of a man facing the future potential of a player or the present value of a player. Are you making that trade? Straight up I for Andre? Straight up. I don't think I would. Mike? <laughs> uh, you had a lot of hurts. nice things to say about Montgomery until we got until we got well, to Why that can't one. I just give up a late first for him? How about that? <laughs> well, you you could. You could give up a late first for him. And I get to hold Ramondre? Yeah, you can hold Ramondre. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's... Until the person goes, you know what? I don't want you first. I want Ramondre. Yeah, then I'm in a tough tough position. Then you're in a tough spot. It's it's hard because Ramondre, how old is Ramondre? I mean, he's he's young. He's only in his uh, third season, I believe. I'll, I'll look it up. Ramondre Stevenson is 25 years yeah, old. Yeah, because it's not a huge difference between him and Montgomery. That's actually surprising. It's a huge difference between him and Montgomery. What age wise? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, not no, no. Per, not production. I thought you meant production. No, and I and I was gonna ask what NFL you were watching. <laughs> no, I'm I I was shaking my head during the argument because I I think Montgomery's a top twelve running back now, like rest of season. So David Montgomery is 26 years old. They're barely they're five months apart. Dude, that's so, crazy. And, I honestly and, have no idea. And because he feels he feels old. In Ramondre, it felt like this was the beginning of it. Yes. Right. It was supposed to be. And this is Ramondre. And Ramondre will have another offseason of having the Matrix dodge. Who turns down that deal? Bullets. I don't oh, think anybody turns that I deal I think you down. could get that through. And I think that's I think I that's think, what, I think it's the right move. Well, and, if you're if you're playing to win right now, I mean, it's it's really hard because look, we laid out Montgomery has a real good schedule coming up. So does Ramondre. Like, I think it's after this week things really open up for for fantasy running backs on Patriots versus whoever they're playing. Damian the, Pierce. Damian Pierce or Montgomery? Yes. I'll take Monk. Uh, I'll take <laughs> I Montgomery. Would take, Damian I would take Pierce Montgomery. Is 23 years old. Yeah, but he he's 23 and he still he still doesn't feel safe. Like Montgomery is on the second contract. Pierce still feels like they might go into the next year's draft and take a day two running back. They love him. Yeah. Head coach loves Damian Pierce. Yeah. You you love players and, and then you I, fall I, in love sure, with a player sure, in the draft. Just, just bringing it up because Pierce <laughs> Dan has been. Dan Campbell 
loves David well, look, Montgomery. Yeah. So, so what do you do? <laughs> yeah, with, he does. What do you do with Jameer Gibbs? I mean, in in the grand scheme of the conversation, just to just because everybody wants to talk about him every minute of every day, Montgomery's twenty six years old. If he has a dominant season, if he's a top ten fantasy running back this year, why wouldn't we see more of the same next year? Why wouldn't we see a repeat of, uh, you know, Ingram, Camara type of right. situation for multiple years? What do Good you point. do with Jameer Gibbs? I, I, I mean, I think right now, if if this is the feeling on Gibbs, I'm poking around to see what it takes to get him. Even understanding the range of outcomes, you know, if I'm if I'm a non-contender, if I'm just rebuilding, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the perfect rebuilt guy, right? Because you can you can wait through all this stuff this year with Dave Montgomery and be frustrated and not have to worry about it. But knowing the draft capital, the production, the receiving profile, I mean, everything we've, we've all talked about all offseason, uh, it's still there. And so I think if that's if that's the feeling, if there is a small window here to, to go out and get him, I think I'm still doing it. Okay. All right. So we are looking now towards the rebuilding, the future-focused squads. Mike, you want to kick it off? Sure. I, I think I like bringing this player up because I think it's an interesting strategy that you are you are inheriting some risk, definitely. But it's Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. And yes, Mike Williams, who just tore his ACL. That's who I am talking about right now. Um, look at his overall situation. You know, he's he is a bit older. He will be turning 30 next year. So we're towards the end of Mike Williams' career. The contract situation is no more guaranteed money next year. His cap number does balloon to 32.5 million next year, but the dead cap's at 12.5, which to me looks like that that feels like a a wide receiver who gets a a lower extension from the Chargers, like they take advantage of the fact that he's hurt right now. Try and give him a little bit more security for the next few years. Again, that's just that's my take. But if someone was a contender and they have Mike Williams now and they need another piece, like just someone who they can start, you might be able to get Mike Williams for, for very, very cheap. He was on pace for 108 receptions and 1,400 yards at the end of those four, well, three-point-whatever games that he played. And – no one's value, like his value is the lowest right now that it's been in forever. Just whenever a player is hurt, the the value absolutely plummets. I mean, you could maybe say the same about Nick Chubb because we got some somewhat positive news, you know, about his, uh, that it wasn't a, a total knee destruction. But like you could trade, it's almost, it's almost like flipping a house. Like I'm going to pay under for Mike Williams because I know that next offseason, should he remain on the Chargers, that's where the, the risk comes in. But if he's on the Chargers, all offseason reports, Mike Williams, ahead of schedule. Mike Williams, looking great. And then you just you take that player that you traded low for, then you just trade him high. Like, he doesn't even play a so, single so he's game. Not, this is not performance on the field. No. This is, this is a uh, literal buy the stock low, sell it on its way up. 100%. Interesting. Like, yeah, I, he may never even play a game for you. But now that I can get behind. <laughs> I can get behind him never playing a game for me because, look, if I was in the situation where I had Mike Williams, I'd be terrified that I'd have nothing forever. But if you're rebuilding, you whatever, man. You just take on this low-level low risk that it would be a massive reward 
Should like should all those things happen? And Betts is, was laughing when I was saying it because he knows next off season, like this was an early enough ACL tear that in June July it's going to be Mike Williams ahead of, looking great. He will ahead be of on schedule. The, he will be on the edge of thirty. Yes. So please, I I don't want him playing for me if I can flip him. Now he's he's a uh, a pretty big dead cap hit. Yeah. So he'll be on this roster. That, well, that's what I was saying. If, For one the, more year. The, the numbers are strange of – Don't we think? his? Well, it's his salary cap explodes. That's the 32.5. If they cut him, it's a 12.5 So they'll do an dead. extension to try to correct the cap number? That's what I, I think. I think that's what could happen for this because it's just it, – he's he's still like he's still a, a, a good wide receiver for them. Like unless – so maybe, maybe QJ – the rest of season is is totally awesome, and then probably not. And then they're like, "Well, we don't need Mike Williams. We're going to move forward with Quinton." But if that doesn't happen, w- this team is going to want to have good wide receivers. And I don't know. I don't know if they can find another one as, for as cheap as they can get Mike Williams. Do you have some thoughts there, Bets, on where you stand on that as a target and where you think the future of Mike Williams is headed? Yeah, I think uh, a couple points. First one: imagine not being ahead of schedule. Literally, couldn't be me. <laughs> He's on already ahead of schedule right now. <laughs> He's guaranteed to be ready for week one. It's so funny when those reports come out like the day after the injury. I'm like, you don't know, man. Like anything can happen. Uh, but yes, that's just funny. That, and that is how it works. You will get those reports. So I think that's actually very sharp. Um, in regards to his situation, I could see a contract where they give him an extra year or something, you know, like you said, an extension, but they lower the number to yeah. make it team friendly. I doubt he's going to have a market if they do let him go, you know, figure that out as an almost 30-year-old coming off a torn ACL. So it probably is going to work best, best, I would say, for both sides to just bring him back on a, a better number. Um, so I agree. I think that that's actually a very sharp move. His, his value is lower than it will be you know, in May, June, July next year. And even if you don't want him on your roster, which his profile, you know, these guys that come off the ACL tear, uh, a lot of the research I've done is that these kind of bigger body, like, guys that don't separate that need to get downfield to create plays generally struggle off the ACL in year one. The guys that do well are kind of these slot types that can mask their inefficiencies with volume. Yeah, Chris Godwin last year, uh, Cooper Cup a couple years ago, th- those kind of guys. So I'm not in on Mike Williams next year moving forward, but because of the fact that you can trade something less for him now than get more in six months, I think it's a very sharp move. I, I like the direction you took it because I thought you were about to give me a story about his future oh, performance. No. Oh, no. And instead it was we're like, <laughs> I'm going to the garage sale yeah. and I'm picking something out that no one else noticed and then I'm flipping it on eBay in a year. And it might it might go right back to the team that you traded from. Like the contender who had Mike Williams is like, well, I, need a, I want a wide receiver now who I think is going to have a, a ceiling. And you're like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll be like, well, I want a dollar twenty back now for Mike Williams. That's very funny. It's- it is a very funny direction to take it. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with a couple more trade for targets in the rebuilding category. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Well, my uh, my pick here for a rebuild future focus team is a player that I I took this leap on purpose on my own dynasty team. My old Thielen, Mostert, uh, McCaffrey, and elder statesman Allen and Evans. I, I said to myself, self, you need more youth on this roster. Who's somebody you can go and pick up on the cheap that you believe in the talent of? And it, and for me, that was Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the narrative for Michael Wilson and the and the Cardinals entering the season was worse than it is right now. Uh, you have seen a better than expected offense. Like they could have easily fit into the category of uh, one of the more surprising teams in the league in terms of the way Joshua Dobbs has performed, um, the way James Conner and this offense has been able to move the ball on the Cowboys and the 49ers, albeit they lost last game, obviously. But I still think Michael Wilson is a player where you can kind of um, make him a target. 23 years old, third-round rookie, uh, injured a bunch at Stanford, so probably would have been higher, uh, higher draft pick had he not been. Had a couple of big weeks, and that, that may get in the way of you trying to pick him up for your rebuilding team. But I think before Kyler Murray comes back, you're going to have some dips. You're going to have some ups and downs with Michael Wilson. And he really looks like the future in Arizona. They may have a high draft capital pick, and they may go at a, um, you know, a top twenty wide receiver in the upcoming draft. But I think Michael Wilson is going to be a huge part of their future. He has passed the eye test, and Kyler Murray's coming back to this roster at some point in time. Uh, Hollywood Brown is going to be an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty four. You're going to be waving goodbye to the Rondale Moores and Greg Dorches of the world very soon. So I think Michael Wilson under contract for a long period of time. It's interesting how he's performing better than some of these higher draft capital QJ or JSN options. What are your thoughts on Michael Wilson? Yeah, I, I love the value that he had in the rookie draft season where he was kind of always the guy that I defaulted to. It's like, oh, I'm in the early third round. Michael Wilson's still there. Yep, let's do it. So I actually have a lot of him, which I'm excited about. Um, and this is kind of another good, I think, reminder for people and maybe for us too, that we always get stuck, I think, in like the analytical profile of a prospect of like, well, he played, you know, four years in school, like it wasn't an early breakout. Like you can't, this guy can't do it. We have to remind ourselves of what happened. And like Andy said, the injuries were kind of part of the story here. So yeah, he's flashed early in the process. I mean, it's a very small sample, but 2.3 uh, yards per route run so far this year, that's fourth best among all wide receivers in this rookie class. That is an unreal number. I don't know if that's going to hold up, but anything north of like 1.75 throughout the course of the year tells you this is a talented player that can actually play and like you said this you know situation right now he's the only guy under contract after 2024 so he's part of their future he's part of their plans i think he's pretty good um i'm really interested to get your guys takes do you think that they extend marquise brown i know he's very tight with kyler obviously they traded for him um that plus maybe adding a high draft capital guy in the first round makes me just that would, question that would the ceiling. 
that would complicate yeah. it. Question the ceiling, but I think even all those things considered, he's a pretty strong bet, especially if you don't have to give up much to get him. Yeah, as far as I, when you said he was, this was his last year of his deal, I thought, no, they, they traded a first round for him. Of course they had already extended him. I have to have remembered that taking place, but it did not. Uh, so it would be, I mean, it's I guess not super shocking, but it would surprise me if they don't extend him. Hollywood's going to get a deal. Like, so maybe they're where they are as a team at the end of the year that they would rather use their salary cap other places and then just get their third round compensatory pick because Hollywood will get himself a good deal. Uh, I lean, I lean that they bring him back. That's where I lean. If, if like on the franchise tag, if nothing else, but Wilson's performance this year could establish him as, it you could, know, they yeah. may be able to, they may be able to spend higher draft capital picks elsewhere. If they feel like you can get by with Hollywood, Wilson, Rondale for the next couple of years with the tight ends. Um, I would just kick the tires maybe after a bad game on Michael Wilson and adding that youth to your roster. If you can get him cheap, would you, would you trade a 2024 20, second for Michael Wilson? Betsy? Yeah, I think I would. Mike? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. The 1200 yard pace over the last yeah. three weeks for him, which is, you know, obviously no, he's, he's balling out. The thing it's is kind of just, interesting. Like if I'm a rebuild team, do I have the confidence in him over the mystery box of yep. of heading into next year? Which the the again the 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 twenty twenty four people are saying we have a very strong wide receiver class coming up, and when when those happen, that's the, you don't want to be without picks. All right, uh, Betsy, I'm I'm really excited to uh, listen to you talk about your. <laughs> trade target because it's been a rough start to the season yes it has it has not been good it has actually been quite terrible for Jahan Dotson this season uh he's still 23 years old he's entering you know this this past year he's entering his second season so he's still very young he has the first round draft capital 16th overall pick a couple years ago but 40 or less receiving yards in every game this season that's 0.71 yards throughout run I mean he's just out there doing cardio it's it's really been bad. Now, we have to remember before we kind of take that in of just why were we so excited about this guy entering the season? And it's because of what he did as a rookie, right? 35 catches over 500 yards, seven touchdowns. That's just in 12 games. If you put that on a 17-game pace, 50 catches over 700 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's awesome for a rookie season. And specifically, when he really started to emerge down the stretch, week 13 on last year, uh, 24% target share, 20% targets throughout run. The numbers were there. I mean, he was good. He was talented. He passed the eye test, all those things. And then, of course, now we're like, oh, it, it's going to be better this year. Sam Howell's going to open up the. I mean, Sam Howell's fun, right, for fantasy, but like he's taking more sacks than Justin Fields. I, I don't think he's a long term starter there. So you have a lot of risk this year with Jahan Dotson and the commanders as a whole. But if you're rebuilding, you can afford to take on that risk. And I love the profile of Jahan Dotson coming into this year. He was a popular breakout pick for a lot of people for obvious reasons. And, you know, it's only been four weeks. Let's not forget that. So while the value is low on a young player, I want to go out and see what it takes to get him. Yeah, I guess that was going to be my follow-up question is um, where your confidence level is on some of these maybe comparable prospects. Like, I'm assuming you'd rather have Drake London long-term than 
than Jahan Dotson, right? Yes. Uh, I'm trying to. What about uh, Josh Downs in Indianapolis? I'm I'm assuming you'll take Dotson over Downs. Yeah, I take Dotson there. Marvin Mims in Denver. Uh, I, I lean still Dotson. Go Dotson. You lean Dotson. Yeah. Wandale, obviously Dotson. Um, can that wait? Can I do that deal? You want to trade Wandale? Yeah. Do you have Dotson to get Dotson? I've got Wandale. Uh, do we just have a trade I'll, go down live on the show? Andy, you oof. have to say yes now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I. I wish I had Dotson. Uh, well, I'm going to go send it. Jalen just, Hyatt just in case. or Dotson. Uh, Dotson. Dotson. Yeah, Dotson. Still, yeah. It's been a rough start, but I think we know the potential. You'd really like to see that breakout game show itself at some point soon so that you can encourage yourself if you are a Jahan Dotson dynasty manager and not be down in the dumps. I mean, do you think Sam Howell's going to be the quarterback a year from now? Or are we going to do the same offseason dance? Ah, oh, man, they need to get a, just get someone right in there. Like Someone has been the name be- of their starter for like five years. <laughs> percent might be the answer for these fantasy guys that we that we need uh he supported amari cooper last year so yeah i I don't think sam howell is a long-term answer um you just can't take sacks the way that he's doing right now and i mean it's only been four games but i don't think he's long-term answer i i think if the year ends poorly for washington it's going to be a full sweep like i i think rivera will be rivera will be gone i think he'll be relieved of his duties uh it yeah he he's um to his credit he stuck with sam hell and he had how had a much better performance against philadelphia um something that you know arthur smith is hoping happens with desmond ritter next week it will not otherwise he's going to answer a lot more questions um but I, yeah i was trying to look at some of these other younger wide receivers one other name i want to throw out there what's your take betsy from what you've seen so far of Jaden reed in green bay oh i love him I really like him. Uh, I think he was he's a, guy, a really good player. Yeah, he was a guy who kind of like the draft capital made you scratch your you know scratch your head. Where you're like, huh, fiftieth overall pick. Like no one saw that coming. And then he steps yeah, second right in, rounder, second rounder in the NFL draft. Yeah, uh, and you know kind of had a spotty production profile coming out. So it was like, oh, like it doesn't really match up. But everything I've seen, you know, in the first month of the season has been awesome. Um, he has a, a solidified role, obviously, as like the slot guy, but it's a young team. They're going to give him time to develop with Christian Watson and Jordan Love and all those guys. Like, I think he's he's for real. So I like him for what he is. I think the ceiling may be a little capped, but I like him a lot well, for fantasy. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. I mean, it's funny because yes, he's got that role figured out, but this is a player that is sitting at almost 17 yards per catch through four weeks. And they're taking shots with him, and he's and he's producing. So um, I don't know how things shake out. Like, I don't know if Romeo Dobbs is a long-term answer in Green Bay. I mean, I think this year they've shown he's a go-to type of player. But I think Jaden Reed is going to surprise some people. And, I, you know, once you have Watson reestablished, Reed could become easily acquirable, I think, in a dynasty format potentially. Would you rather have Michael Wilson or Jaden Reed long-term? Uh, Ooh, I think I lean Jaden Reed. Okay. Go. Oh, what about you, Andy? I lean. I lean Wilson. Ah, oh, do I? <laughs> that man. That's <laughs> that's tough. It's. I think it's really. I think they're very similar. I think both of them are um, players that that I think have shown professional level ability early. 
you know, where, where you see them out there in their opportunities. Wilson has benefited from obviously Hopkins getting shipped out and Reed from the injuries. Both players have delivered on what they have been able to deliver on. And, you know, we're not going to be blessed with a 17 game sample yet. So I guess I kind of lean Wilson for the opportunities that I think will be there. That's what I meant of like, you know, he's going to get more snaps every week. The path to being the wide receiver one, it's, it's far more clear for Wilson that like, because Dobbs is in year two, Watson's in year or is two. Dobbs in year three. Dobbs is year two as well. They're both uh, year two. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, so I mean, the, this is the wide receiver core, and maybe maybe Jaden Reed is that good that he overtakes both he could of overtake those players. Dobbs. Yeah, I, I mean, he can maybe overtake both. Like it's possible that Watson is just a really athletic player who can hit big plays, but is not. He doesn't ever become a true target hog. And Wilson, like, if everything, you know, if Kyler Murray stays. That's we, the that's we, the difference all, for me. Kyler is just, Kyler's good, and it's really hard to remember that. It's been, because it, it feels like it's been about a decade since we've seen Kyler Murray be good on a football field. But he was, it was just last year. I mean, the, Kyler was making real, real fantasy relevant wide receivers. Like, Hopkins was dominating with Kyler Murray last year. And I know he's one year older, but Hopkins, like, they're not getting anything out of him in Tennessee. Meanwhile, Kyler Murray was made him look like a superstar. Kyler, I watched the, uh, somebody posted the Kyler Murray highlight video over the last couple years. And it's just been so long since we got to watch him play since the injury, this beginning of the season. It was encouraging. It was one of those things where you're like, okay, this is a pretty special athlete out there. If they stick with him, you know, that, that everyone's ma- made the jokes early about Caleb Williams and them getting the number one pick. Right now, it does not look like Houston or Arizona are going to be anywhere near the number one pick based on how they've been playing. Yeah. So I love like that it. this just randomly segued into a trade for Kyler Murray segment. <laughs> I think that's what happened, isn't it? That's where we landed, yeah. <laughs> are you in on that? Oh, and Superflex, yeah, I mean, even a single quarterback, but yeah, Superflex, uh, I was making some deals this offseason to go get him when his value was lowest, and everyone thought, oh, they're going to move on from him. Like you said, definitely Caleb Williams there. Dude, Joshua Dobbs is frisky, and he's keeping Cardinals in games. So, yeah, will they be a top 10 pick? Probably. But are they going to be number one? Dude, the way the Bears look and the Panthers look. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think so. So, yeah, I think Kyler's the guy. Yeah, and, and everything that they've done with their actions, you know, we're out here in Arizona, like the support they've shown Kyler um, all offseason, Kyler being on the sideline every single week. He seems to be, you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of the local beat reporters here. Like he seems to be making a concerted effort to change his image as a leader and as, a, you know, the kinds of things that have separated him during the Cliff Kingsbury era and made it seem like the Cardinals – would be down on him. It seems like things have changed structurally. And like Monty Austin Fort, the general manager, their head coach, like there seems to be a lot of belief around him. And I think the rest ha- is truly smoke. I think, I don't think this team went into the season tanking and I don't think this team went into this season wanting to change a quarterback. So take that for what you will dynasty lovers out there. But I think we're in on buying Mr. Kyler Murray on the cheap. Yes, sir. That is going to do it. We got through it guys. We did it. Go team. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. 
It's been a fun one, and uh, enjoy the football this week. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out thefantasyfootballers.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.